Real kids, real questions. Hi everyone and welcome to Kids Cues. I'm Kate. And I'm Dylan. And in today's podcast we're talking books. And joining us will be none other than Andy Griffiths, one of Australia's most popular children's authors. Along with brilliant illustrator Terry Denton, they've collaborated on dozens of bestsellers, selling millions of copies worldwide. Including my favourite, The Day My Butt Went Psycho. Yes. And the Treehouse series. So, how do you write a book and what makes it successful? Exactly. There are so many books being published nowadays. And we found this really cool statistic by theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking, who's also wrote a bunch of books himself. Yes, Stephen Hawking's great, and he stated that if you stacked the new books being published next to each other at the present rate of production, you would have to move at 145 kilometres per hour just to keep up with the end of the line. That is so crazy to imagine. A recent estimate suggests that there have been almost 130 million books published in modern history. That's not even including the billions of different copies. So how lucky are we to be speaking with one of Australia's most celebrated authors, especially amongst kids? Andy Griffiths, thanks so much for joining us today on Kids Cues. That is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, this is super exciting. Your books inspire so many kids to read, including me. And we know you're really passionate about literacy. Yes, well, I grew up loving to read too, so I'm, I'm very happy to hear that so many other people are enjoying it as well. I love reading too, and we've had more questions sent in for this episode than any other, which is very <laughs> cool. I don't know. Does it mean that my books are not clear? What? <laughs> What are people not understanding the first time around? Well, personally, I love your books. Yeah. Same. <laughs> so today we have the Year 4s from Inglewood Primary School, starting with Acacia. When you were a kid, is this what you really wanted to do? When I was a kid, I was always writing. I was always doing little cartoons or, uh, or writing something silly to make my friends or my family laugh. But I didn't really have an idea that I was going to be a writer. In fact, you know, when I was about 12 or 13, I discovered rock music and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a singer in a band, like a pretty funny kind of crazy band. And that's what I did for most of my time at school. I wrote song lyrics and eventually we, we made the band and I ended up as the uh, the lead singer, which was kind of funny because I couldn't really sing, but I loved performing my words and making people laugh. And eventually I went, oh, maybe I should be writing those down and turning them into a story. So it took a long time for that penny to drop, but to answer your question, I was always writing something. Well, I think everyone wants to be in a band when they're 12 or 13. That's something <laughs> yes. many kids dream of. Yeah, well, it's a great practice. Like you're, you're writing and you're conceiving and you're, you're putting on a show. And those skills can be transferred to many, many different things. So that when I eventually did publish a book in my late 20s and I went on my first author tour, I went, oh, yeah, I know how to do this. So I know how to entertain a group and how to keep them interested. So I think wherever your interest is, it's, it's great to do it. And you don't have to be a great musician or have a great band. You can just have fun with your friends and that's success in itself. 
Yeah, well, it's always important to have fun with friends. Yeah. That's the key, and that's the key to what Terry and I do, is we are genuinely amusing ourselves and going, oh, isn't this funny and isn't this silly? Wouldn't this be great to share with our readers? I think many kids, when they're little, think about writing or maybe illustrating a book. This leads us to our next question from Alice. What got you started writing book series with Terry? I eventually, in my late 20s, became an English teacher and I was teaching English to my students and a lot of them said, we hate reading and we don't like writing. It's all a bit of a drag and, you know, books are boring. And I said, I think you're making a really big mistake. And I I, I started writing them little stories that were based on the type of thing that I used to like to read. So fantasy and funny stuff or, you know, with the Treehouse books, it's really funny fantasy. And they really enjoyed those pieces and started writing their own little pieces and we would make little books. And I started showing them that writing is really just talking to someone else through the medium of words. And I started collecting my pieces and photocopying them and making my own little books and selling them to friends and and at markets. So I just started making my own books long before I was published. But when I did go to a publisher, the first thing they said was, your stories are very funny. We're going to get Terry Denton to illustrate them because we know he's a funny illustrator. And that was just wonderful for both of us. We we met soon after that and realised we were uh, like brothers. He could draw anything that I could think of and he loved the fact that I was thinking of all this stupid stuff for him to draw. You started the Treehouse series in 2011 and Aidan would like to know more about this. My question is, what is the most fun thing about writing the Treehouse series? Getting together with Terry and Jill, my wife and our editor, uh, and just sitting around a table, throwing ideas around and making each other laugh. Sometimes we throw donuts around too, but that doesn't go in the books, of course. (laughs) Although it does in the the bears through buns and fridges at us in 104, that's right. Yeah, that's the fun bit, coming up with it and... um, just making up the poems, making them really bad poems and they're so bad that uh, they make us laugh and then Jill gets them and starts cleaning them up and making them good. So so there's that aspect of it, the coming up, and then there's the publishing the book and seeing all the ideas that you've worked on for the last year um, there in black and white on a page it's like having a dream, a really wonderful dream, and then actually being able to capture that dream, like and show someone a video of your your dream. You know how difficult it is to tell someone what a dream is like. That's a bit like the struggle of, of getting a book written and getting it right. So, yeah, it's, it's wonderful to have that record of a pure stream of fantasy. Anything in the world you could think of, you can then translate that to a book. So you can have virtually anything in between those pages. That's beautifully said. And that's the whole appeal for me still is when you start a new book, you think, I can go anywhere. I could think anything. Writing a book, especially amongst those tables of flying donuts and friends, (laughs) sounds like a lot of fun. But I imagine you also have to be pretty disciplined to write books. 
You do. Uh, the discipline comes after that that kind of crazy ideas session where you start thinking, what what have we got here? What, what's the story? What what ideas are good and what we're, what are we just silly in the moment that aren't really going to take us anywhere? And that's often a process that I'll do with Jill. I'll sit down and we'll we'll try to figure out a bit of a story and a problem and then we'll figure out solutions to the problems. And then Terry might give us some drawings and we go, oh, there's a clue in one of those drawings that we could use to finish the story. Now, this process can take six to eight to nine months. Sometimes it takes the entire 12 months. We're still fixing the story right before it goes to the printer. So it's, it's like having a, a really complicated jigsaw puzzle that you keep figuring out new ways to put it together and then ultimately you get the best way and then the publisher says right that's it stop stop writing <laughs> you, have to, <laughs> you have to let it go it does sound like a very complex and long process ayla has a question about the second book in the series the 26 story treehouse i would like to know why you put the maze of doom in your treehouse stories if you can't finish it or get out of it <laughs> Thanks, Ayla. That's a very good question. And the answer uh, is because I thought it was a really funny idea that two people, you know, Andy and Terry, would be silly enough to create a maze that you couldn't get out of. And not only did they make it, but they thought it was a really cool thing because they don't think through the consequences of their actions for one moment. They just think, cool, a maze you can't get out of. Whoa. And the beauty of, of them and the, the books is that they can just do it. The difference between the books and real life is that in real life, if someone made a maze that you couldn't get out of, that would be tragic and it would be terrible for the people who went in and for their families. So you wouldn't do it in real life. But in the book, absolutely no consequence. You can, as we said, think up anything you like, no matter how silly or how dangerous. That's a, actually a really funny concept, the maze of doom. You know, it sounds a bit like me doing things before you think about the consequences. <laughs> exactly. Abby is curious about your childhood. When you were a kid, did you ever have a treehouse? Hi, Abby. Um, I didn't have a treehouse of my own. Um, I had trees that I could climb up, but my cousin had a treehouse and it was just one platform in an old oak tree. And we went there quite a few times and had wonderful games and we'd make up these imaginary games. And we were away from the ground. We were away from our parents and, any, and anything. And so those games were very vivid. I used to have a treehouse when I was younger and it was so fun because you would climb up there and then you would look higher up into the tree and you would think about what else you could add to the treehouse to fit into those branches and I guess that's yeah. kind of what you've done with the Treehouse series. Yeah, when I first asked Terry, I said, Terry, can you draw me a treehouse? But put all this crazy stuff in, like you wouldn't put in a treehouse, like a bowling alley and, <laughs> uh, and a tank full of man-eating sharks and like just anything dangerous and bad that you can think of. And uh, when he drew it, it, it had 13 levels and that's why it just happened to have 13 levels. He added all this stuff. And I said, whoa, that is so good. It's much better than what I was thinking we were going to do with this bad treehouse. 
I said, let's write a book just about living in the treehouse. So that's how that happened. It was almost by accident. In the 104-storey treehouse, poor Andy gets a terrible toothache, which Henry has a question about. Was the toothache in the story based on a real-life experience that you have had? Henry, I'm very sad to say it was. Um, I had a few years there back there where my teeth were just like being very bad and I was looking after them, but I think I might have been eating too many hot chocolates and too many berries. Like I I do a lot of touring. uh, Over the last few years, I've been touring Australia and different countries um, three or four months a year so you tend to snack a bit and so my teeth were not enjoying that and they were they were getting a lot of holes and aches and pains <laughs> I thought oh for goodness sakes you know I've, here I am at the dentist all the time it's like I'm doing research for a book I should write a book about my toothache and make use of this experience so yeah you're, you're on to me you'll be happy to know I've stopped snacking on bad things and my teeth are now very good about creativity can anyone be creative yes everyone is creative Um, creativity is really just problem solving so if i had a block of chocolate and i put it on a high shelf that was too high for you to um to reach you would become very creative if i left the room you would become very creative in the ways that you figured out how to get that chocolate down. You'd climb up there, or if you couldn't climb, you might get a broom, or you you might train a flying cat to go up there and get the chocolate for you. There would be a lot of ways of getting that chocolate. That's all creativity is. It's like, how do I solve a problem that I really, really want to solve? Yes, well, I think every kid has in their lifetime used that sort of creativity to try to get their hands on some sugary Mm -hmm. consumables. (laughs) How do you get your parents to do what you want to do? I just keep going and going and going and going and going until they just get so sick of it. They just let me. Repetition, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think the humour between your characters is what makes this series so much fun to read. But Caleb wants to know if there's always smooth sailing. Do you get along with Terry when making the books? We've been working together now for 20, more than 25 years, I think, which is a long time for an author and illustrator to be together. And uh, in that time, I think we've we've very rarely had an argument about anything. If if there is an argument, it's because I'm changing the story at a time where he's already done what he thought was final artwork. And I try really, really hard not to do that these days. In the early days of the Treehouse books, we didn't quite know what we were doing and we were experimenting. And I remember I rang him up at the last moment when they were doing the 26-storey Treehouse. And I said, I think we need to show every flavour of ice cream in Edward Scooperhand's ice cream parlour. And I, I said, I'll need 78 little boxes showing all the different flavours. He did that very what i thought was happily it was only afterwards he said yeah i was a bit cross about that but that's the level of of crossness that we we would ever have well when you're collaborating it is very important to listen to each other as dylan and i have discovered making this podcast yes (laughs) actually you want to know this nothing i've never told anyone this the whole treehouse series started i just had an image of andy and terry in a room 
um, being cross with each other and Andy picks up the couch and whacks Terry over the head with it. And then Terry <laughs> picks up a table and whacks Andy over the head with it. That was the beginning of the Treehouse series. Gracie would like to know a little more about the process of writing books. How long does it take you to make your books? It takes us a year for each book, and that's from the beginning, which might be an idea, just like what I told you, the uh, Andy hits Terry with a couch and Terry hits Andy with a table. Then I would start a process of questioning why. Why? What are they arguing about? What does Andy do when after Terry hits him with the table? Does he escalate it? Does Jill come in and calm them down? Does something else happen? So that would just be the beginning. And then that bit might well get written out. I might not need them to hit each other with tables because I've got a better idea now. But that that's the beginning of it. If you broke it down, it would be roughly three months for me to come up with a detailed outline of a story. Another three months of working with Jill and Terry to have everyone happy and going, yeah, yeah, we really like this story and rewriting the bits that don't work. Then Terry would need three to four months to rough and do all the final artwork. And then we would need another month at the end of that to just reread it and make sure all of the art corresponds with the text. If I've said there's three cats, make sure that Terry has drawn three cats and not four or not two or not a rhinoceros instead <laughs> of cats. So, yeah, that's, that's I've counted 11 months there. And then there's a month for the printing and the making of the book. And this is in great relation to our next question from Bianca. And she would like to know how easy it is for you to get writer's block. And here's some of your strategies. Great question, Bianca. I know that if I just start writing, an idea will come. I don't have to start with an idea. I can just start writing. So I might write my name, Andy, and I might do a colon and I might say, hey, Terry, your pants are on fire. And then I'll write Terry and he'll say, no, they're not. And I'll say, well, why is smoke coming out of them? (laughs) And then he'll say something. So I'm already starting to write. That might lead me to something That's much more interesting than Terry's pants on fire. So what I do is I put a a timer and I say, I'm just going to write or type for three minutes and I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to evaluate the idea. I'm not going to worry if it's making sense or not. I'm just going to write. And after three minutes, usually there's a little idea on the page and then I can start expanding on that idea. The worst thing you can do is sit there with your pen in your mouth, just chewing your pen, looking up into the sky, thinking, yeah, I don't know what to write about because it's not coming. If you start writing, the ideas will come. I was in English class today and I got really bad writer's block and I just decided whatever I wrote would be fine and if not, I can just go back and edit it later. And it worked and I started getting ideas coming to me. Perfect. The other important part of writer's block is reading lots of other people's books. Yeah, definitely. Feeding your mind, keeping your mind full of ideas and images and great 
descriptions. That's a big part of what I do is read the comics I love and read new books that excite me. And if I do that, I know I'm just naturally going to spew out all this stuff, my own versions of what I've been reading. So reading is crucial to writing. But writing is practice. When you start practicing piano or football or any skill, you're not going to be great at it to begin with. But the answer is to just put the hours in, put the effort in, and you get better. We understand that you have a new book coming out soon. So could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, that's the 10th book in the Treehouse series, the 130-story Treehouse And I've always loved stories about space. I grew up not only reading a little bit of science fiction and uh, I loved comics about space, but also watching a TV show called Lost in Space where the, the family were lost in space for many years and they'd visit different planets. And I wanted to do my own version of that. This book begins with Andy, Terry and Jill in the treehouse And they are abducted by a giant flying eyeball from outer space that sucks them and their tree up and takes them to its home planet of Eibolia and makes them fight in an intergalactic death battle against 12 other deadly aliens. That sounds exciting. Very. Well, we can't wait for the new book. And just before we let you go... Do you have any advice for young, aspiring writers listening to this podcast? Um, Stop listening to this podcast and (laughs) go and do some writing. Oh, slightly offended, but good advice. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. You need to listen to the podcast, but practice every day. Like, get a little book, a cheap exercise book. And this is not writing for publishing. This is writing for you. It's your writing journal where you practice writing. You write a description of someone or something that happened in the day. You write down a favourite joke or an idea from a book, or you write a favourite passage from a book that you're reading. So it's your practice practice journal and if you can do that for 15 minutes a day 30 minutes a day you are going to become a better writer well andy griffiths you're a big legend to little kids all over the world thanks so much for being on kids cues thank you very much and thank you for an amazing podcast i think you're great hosts and uh, those questions were brilliant and yeah all power to you well thanks so much for joining us it's been a pleasure thank you see you in the treehouse i'll see you in the treehouse bring your space helmet (laughs) and thanks to all the students at inglewood primary school for your questions next week we're talking emergency services what's it like driving an ambulance or being the first police officer at a crime scene I reckon it would be very high pressure, but also a bit rewarding. We're going to ask the head of St John's Ambulance, also a police officer for more than 30 years. This is another career path many young people might dream of. So we hope you'll join us then for our last episode of Season 1. Well, that's it from us. Until then, bye bye for now. now. Kids Cues. Brought to you by the West Australian's Ed Magazine and 7 West Media Education.